Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the Academica Vertex. This week I'm joined by the regulars Aditya and Chris and we'll go over to them in a second after we finish this week's headlines. So in the headlines this week, Ronaldo's price is revealed at 12.5 million as he smashes it in the international break and becomes the all-time top scorer in international football. Uh, yeah. Also in the news, Lukaku is giving FPL managers a headache alongside Ronaldo as managers struggle to fit in the premium assets and today in this podcast we'll be discussing Ronaldo's potential and his value alongside Bruno Fernandes and how Bruno's output may be affected. We will also be discussing cheaper options like Ferran Torres, Rafinha, Traoro and midfielders around his price as enablers for the premiums and discussing whether wildcard is the right option to do now and furthermore the Argentinians are suspended in Emi Martinez and Emi Buendia and how this will affect Villa's output and clean sheet potential and alongside Danny Ings owners may be worried about that and finally we'll be discussing captaincy options for the upcoming game weeks whether it's Antonio, Son, Salah make sure to stay tuned in but however I'll pass you over to Aditya. So Aditya, how have you uh, been taking this international break? We were Ronaldo running down the wing to United States. We were Ronaldo. I think that should be a very good intro, right? Uh, although I sang pretty bad, but I think not bad. I think it's uh, been a great break. Obviously, today has been a great day. Went to record after India's historic win at the Oval <laughs> after 50 years. I had to rub it down here. I had to get it out. But it was a good day. A good international break. I think everybody needs some sort of break from FPL. Some people are restless. They need something, some action going on in the weekends. But I think it was a much needed break for all of us. All of us need breaks in between so that, you know, things go smoothly. Ronaldo uh, back is something completely out of nowhere. I think the last time we recorded, we were not even discussing Ronaldo. We are probably discussing Ronaldo to Man City rather than even United. So, just came out of nowhere and I think Oli is very happy now because many managers are transferring out Bruno Fernandes. But unfortunately, if Fernandes goes, if Penaldo is back. So, I mean, that's for you. The battle but of the frauds. The battle of the frauds. Penaldo versus Penaldo. <laughs> uh, then you can get so many people. Penala, Pendibraine, Pain. I think if we start, we're just going to just debate on that. But I think it's been a good break for us. Uh, most of the Ronaldo obviously broke the record and some teams have been playing well in the international break. I think Fernandes took a penalty and he scored. So, again, all these are a bit disappointed. But I think, uh, Chris, how are you doing? We'll just cut short to Chris now. All good, guys. Um, I'm actually hitting the international break. Uh, I can't wait for FPL to come back and, you know, ruin our lives. Or maybe, you know, we'll have a good weekend this time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to FPL, uh, you know, uh, watching some games and having some fun over the weekend. So yeah, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to chatting with you guys today. I think this is the general feeling in the FPL community. You get like three game weeks in or whatever, and and then there's an international break, and everyone does get a bit restless. Um, sometimes international breaks can come at, at good times um, if you're not doing so well or, or something, but. Um, it is it is slightly annoying, but it's always it's always nice to have a bit of a break from FPL. So and it's not too long until the football kicks kicks back off again. So anyway, we've got to address the elephant in the room, which is indeed Cristiano Ronaldo. 
to Manchester United (laughs) and as we can hear Aditya is a very very happy chap Um, uh, but this does put an interesting spin on FPL I mean I don't think from my playing career I've ever had uh, such a uh, sort of catalyst kind of or a a spanner in the works maybe like Ronaldo uh, joining for 12.5 million um, so just to kick things off, Aditya, is he going to go in your FPL team? Uh, that's the million dollar question. Unfortunately, at the moment, I've not made my decision yet. I was supposed to transfer out Dennings for DCL. I didn't do that. Then I was like, okay, I'll get rid of Ings for Raul Jimenez. But then now I'm thinking maybe it's time for Fernandez and Ings to leave. And maybe I might have to take a hit and get rid of Ronaldo and whoever fits in my budget. So I've not made a call yet. But I mean, as you rightly said, since the signing of Ronaldo and his prize announcement also, 12.5 is absolutely spot on because I think when Mo Salah is 12.5, so it doesn't make sense making him more overpriced than him, Salah. But uh, Catalyst, yes, so many people have just, you know, got an excuse to use a wildcard to say, oh, I need to get in Ronaldo so that I can get him in. But there could be situations in some of our teams wherein just a minus four could probably facilitate a move, which makes much more sense than using a wildcard now. Unless your team is having players who just didn't perform for the first three game weeks. Like if you don't own maybe Antonio or Ben Rama, or you don't have a few of the top scoring players, and probably you've missed the train and you want to get on board and maybe make few changes, then using a wildcard now makes sense. And getting at Ronaldo is actually quite sensible. But again, the debate comes in whether you want to go for Ronaldo or whether you want to get in Lukaku. But I think getting in Ronaldo and then downgrading to Lukaku is what people are going to mostly look at at this moment. But I've not made a decision yet. So I'm just still sitting on the fence because at the moment, I have Shaw, Fernandez, and Greenwood. So I'm a bit I'm a bit of pickle at the moment. So if I remove Fernandez, I'd get in Ronaldo. But then we don't know where who's going to play where. So, but mostly I think it's going to be Sancho, Ronaldo, and Greenwood. And I don't know, but what is going to happen to Edinson Cavani? Because we spoke a lot about Cavani in the preseason episodes and over the last few weeks, saying once he's fit and he's back, he's going to play up front. But then this signing just came out of nowhere and just put a lot of our work thrown out. So I think if you are using your wildcard, you've made up your mind. I think then getting Ronaldo is something you have to go with. I think it's more of a FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. People, as if you don't get it, Ronaldo, you might miss out on the points and all. The same happened, I think, in if you have played uh, Euro Fantasy. I think most of us went without Ronaldo and we got punished for the first few match days, wherein he just kept on scoring goals, whether it may be penalties or tappings or whatever people want to call him. But those points, when you lose, you're not going to get back. So that was difficult and you end up getting the golden boot. So, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough choice, but. But he's Cristiano Ronaldo, so I think that that self sells him. Yeah, um, it uh, certainly puts a, a Spanish work, as I was saying. But Chris, is, is he going to go into your team for for game week four? Um, there's no way that that's happening, and you know, um, most people are just saying it's Ronaldo, and that's uh, an argument in, in itself. And it it is, it is. I, I'm not saying they're they're crazy, but you know, I, I'm really a Ronaldo fan. I I've supported him throughout his career, and I, I just think he's a you know the best in the world for me personally. You know I I can I can see why people can disagree. You know I'm I'm really here to argue about that. But you know I just think uh, taking out Bruno uh, 
to go at him for a hit or even for not for for no hit, you know? I just think you can't really base the decision on actual facts or, you know, you cannot assume uh, that Bruno's points are going to go down. And, you know, I mean, the, the penalty argument is something I'm, I'm you know, um, I'm hearing a lot, but I, United might score goals, and I think they will score goals uh, without penalties this season, uh, much more than they, they did last year. So I just believe that uh, that argument cannot really sway me to to make the move now. And I think I, I'd really uh, value, to, you know, watching the games, you know, and actually, you know, having a better uh, outlook on the situation, how, uh, you know, his arrival affects the whole team. Because I think that's really, really important. But yeah, I can, I can see why some people want to jump on him early. You know, the first fixture is, you know, super captainable. Uh, but yeah, for me, and, and if I'm not wildcarding, you know, if you're wildcarding, go ahead, go, bring him in. I think, I mean, if it goes wrong, you just, you know, you stick with him for a bit. He, he'll score goals for sure in the upcoming games. And I'm not saying uh, he won't, but I mean, I, I, I'm not wildcarding. So what's the point? You know, I mean, am I, am I chasing points that might not even be there? Uh, and if Ronaldo does well, what's the possibility of Bruno blanking? And that that's what's what's been in my head for a, lot of, a long time. I mean, aren't aren't those two you know a bit dependent on each other? You know, Bruno gets assists, Ronaldo gets goals, or maybe Ronaldo fits Bruno. The whole team, the whole team as a whole. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, I just want to get in here quickly. See, Chris, the point here is we know Ronaldo is a. He's turned out to be a much more of a center forward rather than playing out wide and his aerial threat is second to none and he's great with his presence there. But the problem here with Fernandez is that people get the debate that Greenwood in three game weeks has outscored Bruno Fernandez. So for a lesser price, if Greenwood keeps on ticking the box, getting you five points and all, what's the point of spending on Fernandez where I can rather go and get Ronaldo who who could probably score a brace and get me consistent points. Because a set-piece argument is somewhere we don't have a proper answer. I think apart from taking the corners, I think corners is going to be Luke Shaw from the left and Greenwood from the right, if Greenwood still takes it. But I think Luke Shaw could be benefited by Ronaldo because he can probably just cross the ball and hope for Ronaldo to just head it in and you know do something. But again, people can also get the point saying that in a three-man midfield system with Portugal, Fernandes and Ronaldo couldn't play together and all those stuff. So again, eye test matters is something which is fine, which logically also makes sense. But again, people can get Greenwood and go to Ronaldo, right? So so we are in a bit of… There's a lot of confusion here. And uh, because it is Cristiano Ronaldo, people are a bit of… You know, they're in a tough spot and I think the vision is a bit blurred and the thinking is very much in the same direction as what everybody else is doing. So, mm. that's why I think we are struggling to get to a conclusion saying, okay, I'm not going with Ronaldo. So, I, the, the last entire week, I was pretty much, you know, certain that I will not get Ronaldo. But again, I don't know what I'm going to do towards the end of the deadline. Things could change, so we don't know what's going to happen. So, that's pretty funny. So, if, if I could just come in here, I mean... We know that Ronaldo is a tapping and penalty merchant, so if we get a relationship like Kane and Son, uh, Kane assisting Son, Son assisting Kane, we could see potentially a relationship with Bruno and Ronaldo 
similar to that. So they, as as you say, they could play off each other, but we just we don't know the dynamic. And in that Portugal team, it has been said in the past that Bruno doesn't get uh, uh, as good an output when Ronaldo's there, and even Jota in in the Euros I was outperforming Bruno when Ronaldo was there. So we, we will have to see. I know it is a is a different dynamic in that Man United squad because. It's almost as Bruno is the talisman um, before Ronaldo came in, but um, it, we'll have to wait and see. To be honest, and that's and that's why maybe not jumping on Ronaldo right at the start it it, it could be beneficial because we we might see a a relationship where they they don't help each other, or we could see one where they do, like a, a Kane and Son. So. As I as I say, we'll have last to wait season, to see what. Mm. Last season, there was a price difference, right, between Kane and Son. I think they were not the same price, correct? No. So, yeah, yeah. So it made sense people doubling up, whereas now if you go with Ronaldo who's twelve point five and Fernandez who's twelve, that's twenty four point five gone straight. You're spending a lot, and you're you hoping that you, you'd never do that. I mean, that's just you know. That's what. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, but. You need to hope for a fact that both these players they end up producing the same amount of points, what you're expecting, and based on what you've paid. That's twelve or twelve point five. That's why it's very difficult for us now to make a prediction saying, okay, Ronaldo is going to score a hat trick against Newcastle and all. I think he has a very good record against Newcastle. So, and also we are playing at Old Trafford. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but good record against yeah, Newcastle again. from how many years ago? I want to comment on this, and I think uh, I think Ross would appreciate this. Uh, there's a lot of bias, team bias, I, I believe, nostalgia bias. From you know, I can see it everywhere on Twitter from people who have been playing the game years, or you know, uh, United fans. I think uh, the arguments are there. There are fa- there's, there are some facts, and there are some you know unknown uh, things, such as that how is United going to play with Ronaldo? Then you know you can't really compare uh, the Portugal team with United because United have oh, a really different squad in, uh, in you know, many aspects. So I wouldn't really base anything on that. And also the records are just, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in those. Uh, yeah, but I just want to say that, do we really think that uh, Ronaldo is going to, you know, act alone? And, you know, if, if you have seen the United games, Bruno has been playing a bit differently than usual. Uh, I really think he's been he's been playing as a you know uh, getting behind striker sort of. If you've seen the game, he's made some really good runs in behind. And, you know, I think that that will not change with Ronaldo's arrival. And I think that could be something that he didn't he didn't do last year that could increase his output regardless of Ronaldo. You know, so I think, but I think you you just see the fixture, you just see the the team, the nostalgia, and all, and it all makes you think. Uh, you really want to get Ronaldo, and you know, dismantle your team because he's the goat. He's he he has to be captain. You know, I just think there's a lot of uh, a lot of tension between uh, the need to get him and the actual uh, logic of getting him. You know, from the off. So I, I just I just feel like many people are just not not thinking long term or actually like you know, is this move gonna help me do do i need to prioritize elsewhere and i just think it, if you're not wildcarding i i just wouldn't advise it personally uh, i might i might just you know be proven wrong and he scores a hat trick but that's my opinion right now i think ross is going to be very happy 
seeing that Chris is, you know, coining terms, not coining, uh, nostalgia bias and all, uh, like spot on. So I think Ross, if you're listening, <laughs> I think we're grateful for you <laughs> coming on twice or thrice and, you know, giving us great insights. But yeah, you're right. I mean, based, based on the runs that Fernandez could make and all because of flexibility and fluidity, Ronaldo is basically a hold-up guy who can probably get in front of it, head it backwards and probably make people run. So let's see what can happen. I think we need to have a bit of patience and see where things go on. By the way, the, the whole of Whitfield Twitter was worshipping Bruno in the preseason. You can't go without Bruno. Bruno, past Bruno gang will get punished. Now they're all... Oh, taking them out. They're just, you know, new toy in town. You just throw the eye one in the trash. And I think that's a bit, you know, I find it's it like that Gordon Ramsay meme, you know, that, oh, oh, darling, oh, that you're a dog. Very, very ironic. I just, I, I can't understand them. The, I mean, is Bruno just penalties? I don't know. He, he, he did get lots of points, but do you just ditch him? I think Chris, if it's he... penalties, no, allow Oli to speak, please. We are entering his topic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, penalties with Fernandez. Uh, no, I mean it's got to be Ronaldo on penalties. I, I mean, I know he missed that one against Ireland, but I don't, I don't, I just don't see Bruno saying, "Oh, sorry, potentially the greatest all time. Step over. I'm going to take this penalty away from you." Like I don't, I don't think Ronaldo will let that happen personally. Um, so. And so, from my from my eyes, I think it will be Ronaldo on penalties, and I think a lot of other people too. He's he's got a sort of um, I wouldn't say arrogance, but he's got a swagger around him, and um, he he knows that he he's going to be on the penalties really. And I don't think that Bruno is going to take it off him unless he goes on a very bad run of missing lots, and then Bruno will. But um, I mean, Bruno's record is, is better than Bruno's. From, so, from a statistical analysis, it, Ole would be would be better to put, you know, Bruno on the penalties. But I just I just don't think you can take them off Ronaldo. I, I don't know what you think, Aditya. I think as per the numbers, I think it's Fernandez with around ninety five percent, Ronaldo with around eighty three or something. I'm I'm not sure if it, that that's correct. So uh, Ronaldo's taking many more penalties though. So I I just think that the stat is not as Useful. I mean, we shouldn't really base that on the conversion rate, in my opinion. Uh, topic where, where where stats and all that stuff actually doesn't matter as much when it comes to you know two great takers. So that that's my opinion on it. It's, it, it it's, I think it could be Ronaldo who ends up taking all of them. Yeah, that's I think, I think Ronaldo will get most, but I just don't, I can't see Bruno taking no penalties. I just think Ronaldo will. Res- I mean, he he's somewhat he's mature, but kind of he he's he's gotten a bit more mature. I think. To the point where he might not mind sharing some penalties with Bruno. Uh, he might prove me wrong because he's he wants to score as many goals as possible. But I just think he'll he'll understand that Bruno is also someone who 
who needs to score goals, you know, for confidence wise, if he if he's found in droughts, maybe. So just that, that, I think that's a realistic uh, expectation to have. All right, guys. I, I'm just. I might. We could go on talking about Ronaldo for probably two or three hours. So I'm just. I'm gonna cut it off and move on to a, a different topic. I mean, I'm sure we might come back to it at some point, but um, I want to talk about Lukaku next, and this does tie in with Ronaldo a bit. So I'm sure we'll, we'll speak on it some more. But um, Lukaku is obviously potentially going to take Chelsea to winning the title. Um, we know that his his uh, transfer in is is has been absolutely incredible signing, and he's only played uh, like two games so far anyway. But I've really been keen on Lukaku, and we know that his fixtures pick up really well. Um, and Chris, do you think that it's possible for managers to be able to fit in Lukaku and Ronaldo and potentially Salah as well? Um, and what what's the best way about doing this? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, if you're wildcarding right now, uh, there's many arguments, you know, to getting Lukaku or Ronaldo and then uh, get Lukaku by game week seven for the the great fixture run. But I just, I don't know, because I, I didn't really have to make the decision myself right now, so I haven't really given it much thought. Uh, but you know, if I if I should, I mean, put my head into it, I think uh, you need to get a captainable United player for, for the games ahead uh, because I think Newcastle home is a really, really good game. Um, I mean, West Ham are leaky in the back. Aston Villa, too. Uh, and I think they're playing Everton, who, again, not the best defence. So I think if Ronaldo comes and he's you know, the usual Ronaldo, he gets uh, in the great positions, he gets some, he gets crosses and he can you know, score from many... Uh, Penance too, so he, he he has potentially uh, a great source of you know where returns gonna come. So if that happens and he seems to be in good shape, I just think you you really want to have him as a captain option, regardless of opposition. And it's not that he's gonna play against uh, top sides, you know. I mean like uh, the big five, the big top four, let's say not big four, top four. So I just think. Uh, if you're right and you get in Ronaldo, it makes more sense for me uh, than Lukaku. Uh, based on that, he, he should be a strong captain option, given that he does well. I mean, if, if you're getting him, you, you're obviously captaining him this game week, so you're fighting him to do well. So if that's in your head, I just think it's a no-brainer. I mean, people argue, you know, the long-term Lukaku, he can score against anyone. I, I agree with you, but I just... I just don't see myself captaining uh, Lukaku or anyone um, apart from the Villa game right now. I mean, he plays uh, Villa, Tottenham, uh, and then City, if I'm not mistaken, which are, you know, Villa game, uh, it, everyone seems to be thinking it's going to be, you know, quite a walkover, but I'm not, I'm not really sure that it's going to be a goal fest for Chelsea. So again, is he going to score one, uh, two goals, maybe not, not even that, so... I'm just trying to see why you wouldn't just get Ronaldo for now and you know change to Lukaku when fixtures turn good. The thing is, the the appeal to get in Lukaku is ah, it's 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 so good. I he's one of I have this sort of gut feeling 
<laughs> about Lukaku is he's gonna consistently return, whereas some some players get their their returns in, in holes. Whereas I feel like Lukaku's gonna gonna be an asset which just ticks over and will we'll score points every single week and uh, yeah, almost be a, a, like a set like... a set and forget uh, striker. Like yeah, no, I think he will. Haul. I'm not. That's not to that's not to rule it off, but like with his. Uh, goal against um, what's it Arsenal um, like yeah. obviously he played Liverpool which I'm not expecting him to nah, he would have scored get there. points like if he gets points he, then he you're he has scored uh, I can guarantee you if we, if we didn't get a red card and the game you know it changed to us defending he, he would have got a, a return yeah 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 I just think he's not when he's playing cover side, I just don't think at the moment that he can get that uh, that great hole that will justify the 11.5 million, right? That's my uh, sort of concern. I think he, he does uh, play Aston Villa next though, with no Martinez, no Buendia. Yeah, I mean, their, their output is sure. they're gonna be weakened. How, how many will he get? That's the question there. Is yeah, he, yeah. I mean, are you are you captaining him this game? Even if you are. Um, I think you then if you if you get Lukaku, say you might captain him this game week, and then you don't really have a, a second good option uh, in the next ones because you got Salah against Palace next game week, and you know Chelsea play Tottenham, which is not not really you know tough tough picture you know if you think about it, but it's t- away Tottenham who are you know they've kept three clean sheets so far, one against Man City, so you know. What's he gonna do there? Is he is he gonna be captain midfield? No. So you you essentially don't have a second captain option if if something goes wrong with Salah, if he doesn't seem to be in good form, you know. And again, again, uh, next game against Brentford, Salah, he's gonna be the standard captain potentially. But again, Lukaku's playing City, so will he captain Lukaku against City? I just don't think you can. I mean, not having a good second option. In the premium bracket, I think that that's always a good thing to uh, keep in mind that you you might need to have a second premium option that you could captain, especially if you're wildcarding right now. So I think you're in a good position to you know keep you know get some assets for long term, which are not premium players, you know uh, cheap mates or uh, sort out your defense for a long time, so you can focus on the actual. Uh, you know, game game changers such as premiums, Lukaku, Ronaldo, Salah, uh, those kind of guys who can get you the capture holes that you know will make your rank fly. It's an interesting point that you raise, and going forward, it's 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 difficult to to fit them all in. And I think this is going to link to what we're going to talk about later in the podcast about the sort of midfield options who are slightly maybe more budget. Um, so I mean I, d- I don't know if you want to come in on that detail about sort of uh, potentially Ferran Torres it's so difficult to pre- predict what uh, Pep Guardiola is going to do um, but I think Ferran Torres and Rafinha look look very good and I mean I've currently got Bamford in, in my team and one of the reasons I haven't gone for Antonio at any point is because of his game week 5 to 10 fixtures um, and is that is that going to be appealing for uh, Rafinha as, a, as an asset? Yes, I mean, Leeds, we all know over the last season how they played. 
Bamford did score in the last game. So I was actually planning to get in Bamford for rings, but then since they're playing Liverpool, I think I'm a bit I'm just gonna hold on to maybe go and get him in his or again the Ronaldo topic comes in, but that's wait and watch for me. But again, Ferran Torres, I think Chris uh, posted out a tweet few days back comparing Greenwood and yeah. Torres. Yes, so, yeah. If, yeah. So if you guys have not checked it out, go and check it out. I think the answer clearly lies in that thread if you go and see. It's a, it's a good one, guys. If you if you want to take a look, I've, I've put some good work into it, I think. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, see some stats and some arguments for both players, you can go check that out. So, at the moment, I think with City not signing a proper striker, so Jesus is being favoured to play on the right-hand side with Torres playing in the middle and then they kind of interchange and switch. But I think today I read, as far as I'm correct, I think Deprene and Foden are due back in training. So, if that's the case, they're going to have so much of rotations there. We don't know who's going to play there. Because you have Sterling, you have Grealish, you have Foden, you have Mares, you have Torres, Kiprane, uh, Jesus, Bernardo Silva. We don't know who's going to play guaranteed every week. I think it's going to be Kiprane for most of the time. But then, if Foden comes back in, there could be a chance Foden plays on the right if Pep wants and Jesus goes back in the middle and Torres could be benched and also I really don't know. And Torres, Ferran Torres has been in good form. I think he did score in one of their games in the in qualifiers recently. So, I mean, he's been playing well and he did speak about Torres a few weeks back saying that he could be a differential if he starts and keeps his place. Whereas Maris, I got in Maris for the start of the season and then it didn't turn out to be a great move for me. So, uh, the first game week he blanked, second game week he got point off the bench, third game week I transferred him out for Greenwood. So, I mean, again, as you said, Rafinha Bamford looks good after game week five. So, that's a, a good double up. And even Daniel James has now signed for Leeds. Finally, that signing has happened. <laughs> Last time it didn't happen, I think, a few seasons back, where I think something went off with their negotiations or something. So, I think if Daniel James could be a player to watch out if he immediately starts playing on the right for them. And I don't know whether Rafinha is going to play in the middle where Rodrigo used to play or, uh, or whether he's going to still play out wide. So, that's something we need to keep an eye on. I think other midfield options. I think Man City, to be honest, for me, I'm going to kind of stay away from the attack. I don't know if this is going to work or not. But with the we don't have proper news and info about who is definitely needed to start because we can't trust Pep and we don't know who is he going to play every week. There's going to be changes here and there. And I think for the last game week, it was the first time since I think a few years that Godzilla named an unchanged lineup for a consecutive game. So that happened <laughs> in game week three. So again, I think I might just wait and watch with regards to Man City midfielders or players. But maybe you could get Diaz or somebody else if you want. Because I don't know if Kanchi is going to keep on playing on the left after this Mindy, whatever news this came out. So, I don't know if Kanchi is going to play on the left or Zinchenko might get a go. So, maybe Diaz and some of the other defensive assets could be better for City. But I think so, in terms of that Rafinha, Greenwood, Greenwood, I don't know with Ronaldo's arrival, how much that's going to impact his performances, we'll have to see. But uh, what do you think about Mason Mount, Chris? Is he a good option for his price? Other than all these Benrama, Fornals and the others who are in that range. Is, uh, often overlooked because he, he won't really give you that 
a big hole often uh or actually like nearly never but i think he's always going to be con- uh delivering points i mean in a more consistent manner uh an assist there a goal here so i just think his points are just a bit spread out so people just might notice him less but i really think um that he's one of the most nailed players in that Chelsea side. I mean, Trico loves him. Uh, he's he's just brilliant. Uh, he, he, I think he was really good for England, too, in the past two games. I just think he, he cannot be dropped at the moment in uh, in the more serious games. But I just uh, one thing I would like to you know mention is that with the teams playing Champions League uh, mainly, I just think we, we need to also see uh, the sort of squads that the managers uh, choose those games i mean even especially the easier group games with with uh you know uh weaker teams in favor i, th- I want to see uh, some lineups first you know uh, to have a better uh, idea of who's gonna be starting in the league or who's gonna be starting in both games are our players gonna start in both games yeah they will of course but who are these players and i think that will really help us uh, uh choose players from the big teams uh, so i think I just, it's one of my reasons actually for wildcarding a bit later. I just want to have a bit more information uh, for those players. And that I think, you know, but if he does seem, I think he's going to play the games in the league and he, for 7.5, I think, uh, in that green, green run uh, from 7 to 11, I think might be more. Uh, I think he he's one of the players that I'm going to really, really uh, look at, you know, and I think he's going to be a great differential because I, I just, again, I, I don't think people will really really uh, look at him uh, as an option as much so yeah i'll be tempted okay so there's another team that has a great run of fixtures from game week uh, four to about eight or nine i would say is wolves so those who are possibly looking to use their wild card or have maybe one or two free transfers i think there are a couple of midfielders that we could possibly look at from polls is basically trauer at six trinkau at 5.9 Maybe Raul Jimenez, who's priced 7.4 as a forward. Or a few of their defensive assets, maybe I think Semedo is uh, 4.9 and Cody is 4.5. So is it ideal for people to double up on Wolves' assets or maybe just get one of them for the next few weeks? What do you guys think about that? I just think if you're wildcarding, right, I think you need to get two players. Uh, I think those players are the best to set and forget. Uh, looking at fixtures and the team form, they've lost all games, but they've played against well, the you know, top six teams, I guess, which are in, in which they ha- shouldn't have lost, in my opinion. Uh, Traore missed some really big chances. So, yeah, I just think you should really... Fuck. I think Dakar posted a, a tweet a few, few hours ago, and he said that uh, the teams that considered the less... Non penalty XG and Wolves were third, and they played against United, Tottenham, and Leicester, which uh, I think speaks on itself on how good their defensive, uh, you know, defensive composition has been. So I, th- I think defender from Wolves is pretty much essential. Uh, I wouldn't be too afraid to double up. Maybe some people will not really love it, but if you're doubling up on defense, I think Wolves would be the defense to do that with. Uh, Salah five million could be a good, you know, long-term option for a keeper because you don't want to be changing keepers, obviously. Uh, I I currently have Semedo, who I transferred it last game week to accommodate um, Son, 
Uh, and he he was almost getting that clean sheet until Greenwood, uh, you know, you know what he did. He, he scored a, not lucky, but, you know, a bit of a dodgy goal to, you know, uh, get rid of the clean sheet. And I, I was a bit devastated because I think I was expecting Semedo to do something in that game. And I think uh, I was pretty confident that the clean sheet would have been uh, locked after the 80 minute, 80th minute because Wolves were really controlling the game. I was watching it. I think they were not really containing any any big chances. I think they were really, really solid. So I think Semedo, his positions were really good. And I think he's gonna be great value. So I, I recommend him if you if you have the cash and if you're wildcarding. I think he's one of those defenders that could be uh provide great upside. So yeah. And attacking wise, uh Jimenez, I'm not sure what if he's gonna get a ban from FIFA. Uh, uh that's really it's a really a head scratcher that one with uh with the bans and the regulations, all that complicated stuff that has been introduced to our lives in FPL. If he if he manages clear to play, uh, I think he's a great great shout for seven point five million. Uh, it's it's too cheap for him. I think he he don't pens. He's a talisman of wolves, and I think against those weaker teams, he's gonna play in a more central uh, target map role. That other than rather than uh, trying to you know break up the ball and you know uh, dropping deeper to try you know to build the, the counter attacks with Trauer and Trincao being the most uh, forward up players. I think. He's gonna be in a better role to actually score goals in the box. So I think those are my the options that you know Atrare, everyone, you know, everyone knows how good he was. But you know, is he ever gonna score? He should. He should he should cash the XG at some point. But the issue is that you never know if he's gonna do it or when he's gonna do it. Is he gonna be once and then he's gonna blank again and again? Uh, and you're gonna just be, oh, what a player, but he, he doesn't give me points, so I picked the wrong midfielder again. It's like Probably. Daniel Podence last season, wherein there was a stretch of time wherein he was getting those consistent points for a bit, few game weeks, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I, I got him, and he did nothing. So, <laughs> I mean, he, he was okay, but uh, for me personally, I I think Traore is is a trap. Um, he's he's always been a bit hit and hit and miss. Sorry with the with the end product. Uh, and personally, I I really like Raul Jimenez. I've I've always had a lot of um, respect for him uh, with his sort of striking style, like as a, as a sort of almost target man or, or poacher, really. Um, and it's it's a little bit similar to Edison Cavani, sort of a more traditional striker rather than a. Uh, an advanced forward or something like that so I really do like um, Raul Jimenez a lot um, and but I, I think potentially the wingers are a bit of a trap with Wolves and I, I definitely wouldn't go anywhere near uh, Semedo personally um, I think is is just not the value is, is not worth it um, but uh, I, I think I'd, I'd much rather have Rafinha uh, over Traore or if you can get up to the price of Ferran Torres or something like that as well. Um, but there's been talk, a lot of talk over Gray as well. I think Gray for Everton has been um, very, very lively. I mean, I remember in um, around 2015 or 2016, um, I was in Edgebaston uh, in Birmingham watching, I think... I think England v India, um, which is is ironic, but um, 
the it finished on day day four and we had day five free and I watched Birmingham versus Leicester City um, in the season it was the preseason that Leicester won the the title so uh, and I watched Amari Gray um, playing for Birmingham and I have to say he was clearly man of the match that day and there's been many other days where he has been man of the match and it was brilliant for Birmingham then and it's a shame that um, when Ranieri signed him for Leicester he didn't really get um, an opportunity so I think hopefully now at Everton he can prove that um, he is a very very class player and I think I, I correct me if I'm wrong but 5.5 um, it's an outstanding price for I think a player of his calibre and um, I think I do have a, a, a sort of bias, as Ross would say, because... Nostalgia I, I, bias. Yeah, nostalgia bias, um, as I went and saw him many, many years ago, and that day I, I thought he was the best player on the pitch. So, um, But, yeah, those are my, my budget options. Um, and But uh, Ro Jimenez, I'm, I, I'd definitely be looking at maybe game week 11 he has a, a good sort of four games um, Palace West Ham Norwich Burnley um, so I could do Bamford to to rule Jimenez or something like that um, but really the best fixtures are the ones right now so if you've got a spare striker spot it is difficult um, there, there's a lot of good options out there there are a lot of good options um, but did you think that I should be uh, hitting the wild cards. I don't have Antonio. I don't have Ben Rama. I don't have uh, Lukaku or, or whatever. I mean, I'm still still got Mares, Tony, um, Ings, and Bamford. Um, I've I've always planned to hold Bamford, but it's it's really difficult. I I mean, I could try and get a jump start on FPL managers by getting Lukaku early, getting. Ronaldo early potentially, but it means I'd have to take a lot of hits with uh, um, not literally hits as minus fours, but hits in the team with no Mares, no Son, probably no Jota. Um, um, so, do you think? Do you think looking at my team that is is the right move to wildcard? Would you suggest it? Okay, so I'm just taking a look at your team at the moment, and uh, yeah, I mean to be honest. Goalkeeper is fine. You have Trent, Livramento is absolutely fine. Mingzi is is having the next few games are not that great for Villa. So I think you would probably like to ship him out. But ironically, people are looking to get in Diego Jota. And uh, I've seen people kind of wanting to transfer out Greenwood for Jota or something. So I think Jota could be a key. Because I think Firmino is injured. We've not got an update about that. And uh, Maris, I think, is definitely he has to go. Ivan Tooney, uh, I think maybe you might have branched him out. Bamford, I think, just keep him. Because I think after game week 5 onwards, the fixtures are good and they will turn up. They will play. Ings, again, I think he has to... I mean, most of the managers are going to transfer him out. Even I'm looking to ship him out. And then, I think Penn White is somebody you need to keep. I think Arsenal's next couple of games are great and they have to start getting the points on board. Otherwise, they are in trouble. So, I think... So, Mankio and all, I doubt he plays. So, I think you might have to wildcard, right? Chris, what do you think? I think Hyunmin Son is someone... Again, this gimmick, I think Son is someone you need to keep. So, again, it's a kind of... You might have to transfer at least 
if if I think if you have to transfer four or five players, that's nearly half of your starting eleven. So then I think you might have to go for the wild card. So it definitely makes sense in that perspective. What I would say is that I think if you didn't have Antonio Burama until now, I think yeah, you know, transferring them both in, you know, wildcard them in, wildcarding them in. Would, would probably not be the wisest of ideas. I mean, you're not going to get the points that they got previously, which is, I mean, we often do the transfers based on what they've done previously. You know, sometimes it's, you know, chasing points, which I sometimes don't, even myself, I, I just do it and I don't really understand that I'm doing it. But, uh, I mean, Ben Rama, uh, I got him last game week. Uh, he had Chris Paz at home and I was like, okay, that's a good fixture. He's got uh, Southampton next and stuff. But, I mean, I think that was a, uh, a bit of both. But if if you get him in now, it's it's is it really wise for Southampton United, you know, uh, Brentford or Leeds are next? I'm not sure. And then you might see him rot- being rotated. I don't know if he's going to be, but it could be a possibility. So I think right now I wouldn't really wildcard just to get those players in. Uh, I think that's not a good enough argument for me. Uh, so, yeah, I just think... Uh, you need to find other reasons to wildcard at the moment. I mean, if if your team structure and it's fixing uh, price falls and all that, you know, some some of these things I think are a bit more important than you know, getting the players that have been delivering before. You know, uh, Antonio though, uh, he's been a stats monster as he always is. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, he he's the only one I would be like uh, scared of of not owning at this point, but. Who are, are your strikers right now? Uh, I've got Tony Bamford and Ings, and I think Tony and Ings will be kind of yeah, see, I think, the, the I think, weak spot. I think uh, Bamford is really a, a strong hold for me. Uh, he's gonna he's ha- he has some great fixtures ahead, and I think he's gonna do well. Uh, yeah, you do have an issue there a bit with uh, Ings, Tony, but I think uh, isn't Tony at eight mil right now? Seven point nine. Tony. Yes, I think he's seven point nine. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you if you really think Antonio's gonna keep uh, performing that well, and if you think that he's gonna be uh, fit until no no no, I meant um, Ivan Tony, not Antonio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If All right, okay, Antonio, yeah, okay, okay. If you want to transfer, it, I mean, I mean, you'd probably look to get off Ings first rather than Tony. He he could do something. Against Tony, Tony plays Brighton and Wolves, and then has four difficult fixtures. So, not so bad for now. Yeah. I think I think he's not a priority of yours. Uh, I think Ings. I, I I'm looking to get get him out. Uh, so if you really want Antonio, I think you just you can just you know get Ings out for him, and that's that. You know I, th- I think it's enough cover for that West Ham team. Uh, if he manages to score goals, he's he's gonna be there for them. I think I think he he'll keep being involved in the goals they score. So if you really think that. Uh, he he will outscore the rest of the the strikers in the similar price bracket. I think you should go for that transfer, but I wouldn't wildcard, you know, just to get Antonio. Uh, I yeah, I mean, Chris, you're right in one perspective, considering the point that that ship has already been gone. That point, whatever they have scored in the initial few weeks, it's very difficult for people to consistently haul. And mind you, I think they're going to play in the Europa League. So that is where teams are going to have the real test of fixer congestion and the spot depth. So that's where things will get a bit tricky. We'll have slightly rotations here and then 
just for the initial few weeks for the players to get hang of it. Also, they're coming up for an international break. So, again, but uh, overall, I think, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, for me, if I take a look at a squad, your bench is basically Gilmore who gets you two points. Ben White, I think most of us are going to probably start him. I'm going to probably, I'm not going to transfer him out. I'm going to keep ben him. White, you should keep him if you have yeah, you need to I keep him. Yeah. yeah, but if, if you look at all his squad, Chris, see, uh, he has Mings. I think Mings has to go. There's no way you're going to keep Mings. Maybe you get in Tomato or somebody else. Or Wolves defender. The thing is, I know Aston Villa's defence right now, like with no Martinez especially, they it's going to be difficult for them in their next four fixtures to keep any clean sheets. But I think that Ben White can, could be a bit of a dark horse to FPL managers. I mean, so many are transferring him out, but... His fixtures, I know Arsenal have been absolutely shocking, but his fixtures are so good. And I can afford to keep Mings on the bench and play Trent, Livermanto, and White. Um, and then potentially hold Mings. I, I do very much like Tyrone Mings and that, the fact he has that whole ability. And the fact I'm only paying, I'm paying 5 million for Aston Villa clean sheet whereas Emmy Martinez is 5.5 so and after these four fixtures go and even if I do have to play them once I mean Everton potentially could get a clean sheet Tottenham could potentially get a clean sheet I don't see Aston Villa ever really getting a clean sheet against Chelsea or Man United right now but Everton is potentially he could um, and maybe Tottenham depending on their, their form coming game week 7 but game week 8 to game week 12 Villa have then got good fixtures, um, and I know it, it, it. I think it's 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 a lot easier to transfer in a new attacker rather than a new defender, um, and I feel like White can cover Ings for the next next four ish game weeks. So uh, Ming's not Ings, sorry. So I, I know <laughs> I do I do take your point. I think um, I've got to prioritize getting Danny Ings out but the thing that I've been worried about is as you say has the ship sailed on on you know Mikel Antonio like is he going to consistently keep scoring um I've, I've kind of put off getting West Ham assets I mean I was very big on Lingard last season um and I've, I've very much enjoyed owning Antonio when he was around 6.5 um last season as well um uh, but it's 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 it is difficult. It seems like almost the too obvious option, um, and ah, it, it's it is difficult to make that decision. Um, but I think it 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 will be Antonio going forward. You can't deny uh, these first three game weeks and thirteen points, sixteen points, eleven points. He's been he's been too good to say no to almost. That's one thing, and also you have Maris. So again. I think Morris could be an easy swap just to, to Ferran Torres or something, or Morris can no, go no, easily no, down. Don't go to, there. You, don't go there, you no don't think Ferran Torres is, is a viable option? I mean, that that shows that you haven't read my thread, Ali. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm not saying he's not a good player. He has done really well on that number nine spot. But I just think uh, with Pep and all that stuff surrounding his head, all his thoughts which no one will ever know, honestly. Uh, and, you know, I, I think KDB and Foden are, are close to returning, and I think that changes up a lot. I mean, is 
is Pep not going to play a fit Phil Foden and a fit KDB just because Front Torres put a good a good performance against ten men on Arsenal, who are like, you know, they're they're really bad at the moment anyway. So is that going to make Pep, uh, you know, drop drop his best players? I mean, I I, I struggle to see that, and also. Uh, I think, you know, Ferran Torres started in four of the uh, six games in the last year's UCL group stage. I think that could be a possibility that he, again, plays in the group stages and he doesn't play uh, in the league games as much. So that I think I would be tempted to get him by game week eight, where the fixtures turn really nice and we, we know more about the rotation, who's playing uh, when. Is he gonna play in the number nine role consistently? Has he nailed that spot? We don't know that. So I think you've got many unknowns and many alternatives. Alternatives, yeah, sorry. Uh, so when he, I think it doesn't make sense for me to just go there right now and ignore all the other players in in the you know point five million up or down. Rafinha, Jota, point six or point like Greenwood, who are close to that range. I just don't think he's better than any of those for now, uh, given that he's also a risk of rotation, fixtures are not that great, so why would you go there? I mean, I get it that it, he's cheap-ish or a city attacker, but I just I wouldn't want my 7-point-something million player to be benched or have tough fixtures, you know, and just, you know, I, I have a headache whether he plays or not, even when he's playing against a tough team. So, yeah, that's my logic behind it. Uh, in a short version. Yeah, yeah, I've never really been a fan of, uh, or I don't think anyone's ever been a fan of Pep Roulette, but uh, it, it seems so... 7.1 million seems so... Uh, you need to play so with good. it, but I think the timing is what you need to find. Yeah. And I, mm. I just think yeah. the timing's bad right now because you just don't have enough information, you don't have the upset with the fixtures. I think combination of all those things makes the the pep roulette something that is not worth playing and uh worrying over at the moment of course you're gonna try and play with it you know because the 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 reward is usually uh really really good so yeah. I, I think it's, it's high risk high reward there. yeah yeah exactly but i think you need to take the risk at the right moment uh or else you're just taking risks and just you know it, it's more luck based than actual, you know. Uh, I don't know how to phrase it, but you know, I think you get, you get the point. If, if you go there now, and you get you get something against, you know, Southampton, but he doesn't play in the in the other two games, let's say, then you just got one game out of him, out of your seven point something million budget mid, and you know, Jota starts all three games, Greenwood starts all the all three games. So what are the odds that they'll outscore him by a fine margin? And, you know, I mean, will he even do anything against uh, Leicester or Chelsea? I, d- I doubt it personally. So, yeah, I think I wouldn't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so next week, uh, Liverpool play Leeds. My captaincy is currently on Mo Salah. I don't particularly plan on changing it. Um I mean, the other appeals are obviously uh, Antonio, uh, Son potentially, um, but for me, uh, it has to be Salah against Leeds. I think he, 
I think I think he has a good record against Leeds, and it's a fixture which will be open. We know Leeds playing style. We we could see a goal first, um, and I think this is a match where Salah can really uh, really punish that side. Um, but what about you, Aditya? Okay, so at a quick glance, I'm just going to list out a few names. I think first is Palace against Spurs. So maybe Son or Kane, if you have, would be a good difference to South. Then I think uh, United play against Newcastle. So I currently have Fernandes and my armband is on Fernandes because I think game week three, I captained him. If I don't get Ronaldo, then I might probably stick it and go with Fernandes. Against Southampton, West Ham is, it is, it is not an easy game as what people are saying. It's going to be a, Tight game is what I feel, unless Southampton really play crap. I don't think so. They should put up a tough fight. So, Antonio, again, if you're banking on that guy, he can go. Watford Wolves would be an open game. Even Watford, this is just miss speaking on them. I think even they have a decent run of games uh, up till game week six. They play what Wolves, Torwich, Newcastle, Leeds. So, to probably when I am Ismail Asar or somebody else, we want for a cheap price. Anyways, we were talking about captaincy. So again, these are just differentials out from Watford or Wolves. If you're if you're way too behind and you want to just try and give it a go, uh, Chelsea Villa is again Lukaku is basically going to be the key man. Leeds Liverpool, Mo Salah, and Everton Burnley. If TCL is fit, he could be a great option. So I think these are probably one of the few names. What I think based on the fixtures, but for me it would be either Fernandez or Salah. Or maybe Saul, Lukaku. These are prob- probably the, the prominent names. And I think it's going to be either Salah or Ronaldo or Fernandez where half the community is going to go in. Uh, and, and what about you, Chris? Um, so currently, the armburn is on Bruno. No, I haven't really put up much thought behind this uh, yet. So I don't really anything uh, to take seriously at the moment. Uh, I think the real viable options here, uh, in my team at least, I've got Son, uh, Antonio, Fernandez, and Salah. Uh, you know, I think there's an argument for all. I think Son. Uh, I just I can't see him scoring a double digit. Uh, the one against Watford was a bit of a lucky one again. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I I captained him for that game, but if he hadn't scored that uh, free kick, which was a bit dodgy, I don't think he would have gone uh, you know much from it. So I don't, I don't think Spurs might uh, score many goals. So I think I wouldn't go there when you have a, a United home game against a ter- terrible Newcastle defense. I think it's hard to look past that. But again, I think Salah and Leeds are the uh, and the United are the Fernandes, you know, the Ronaldo's are the real options here. I mean, Antonio against Southampton. I think that would have been a nice punt, let's say, if if the Premiums didn't have such outstanding fixtures, but I can't see myself going for Antonio when there's Newcastle home for United and lead the way for uh, for Liverpool. Because I think I think Leeds are gonna try to play quite an attacking an attacking style of play. I think uh, you know home fans. I think they're gonna try to to you know face Liverpool. Uh, you know, straight in the eyes. You know, they will attack. They will try to score goals, and I think that might leave space for. Liverpool to score goals, which I think will happen. So I, I think it's going to be a tight, tight uh, decision between Salah and Bruno. Because again, if Bruno was again, if Ronaldo didn't arrive, Bruno was a nailed on captain. And it was partly one of the reasons that I picked him from the beginning, because I, I thought that fixture is too good. 
for me to not captain Bruno, I mean, he's going to get something out of it. He's going to shit out the pen. He's going to do something and he's going to get a great hole. But now it's it's up in the air again because Ronaldo's here. He's going to take the penalties probably. How is United going to play with, with him? So it has, uh, you know, messed up the plans a bit. But I, I, again, I don't think Bruno is bad. He's not a bad shot. He's a great, great shot. I think he ranks up there for the best captain of picks this game. So I just don't I understand why people are going crazy right now thinking Bruno is not going to hold uh, like he did last year. Maybe not in the same volume last year, but I, th- I think the holes are going to be there and he's going to be captain material again. So you guys agree? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you'll... Yeah. Do you think you'll definitely change by the, the, the deadline? Honestly, I'm, I'm waiting for some uh, for me to make my transfers first. I haven't even made the transfer yet. Um, I'm waiting on many, too many stuff, but I need to keep Kavadun's bit. Is Jimenez going to be clear of Bun? Is, is Firmino injured in long enough for me to bring Jota? It's, it's really uh, a matter of waiting. And then I, th- I think I'm going to put less thought in my captaincy this game. Because I think they could both do well. So I think I'm going to focus on, you know, Getting the transfers done first, and then I'm gonna focus on the the captain T uh, factor. I, th- I think it's pretty straightforward, though. That it's between those two for me. If you have Bruno and Salah, you need to captain one of the two. And you know, I think we also did that uh, game week two, but I just think this time it's a bit of a different situation. I think I think Bruno against Newcastle at home, it's gonna rain goals, so he he needs to be involved somehow. I, th- I think there's going to be four or five goals there. That- that's my prediction. So, does Ronaldo get all the goals and Bruno gets nothing? I mean, if, if that happens, I don't know. I-, I-, I wouldn't believe it. So, yeah. That's my argument. So, I'm probably going Bruno. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, from all of us at the Academica Vertex. Stay tuned. Keep up with us on Twitter at FBL Academica at the underscore FF Academy. We should be back next week with another podcast. Um, thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.